this is the second time in a row. Like we lost, I would say probably about 20 minutes of, of conversation. Instagram, man, Instagram. And it was a great conversation as well. Gonna wait to uh, okay, let's get back. Wow. Hey folks, I'm back. Instagram did not want us to be great. Clearly not. Technology. This is also very on brand for me. I never charge my phone, so we're no. Here. Also, like for some reason, I'll blame it on Wi-Fi. It's just to feel better. My <laughs> wife froze, and it took a, and it just took away the whole conversation we just had. Yes. No. It's happening, and you know, I'll react better this time. Let's. We're just gonna move <laughs> well, forward. Mercury is still in retrograde. I got an email from T-Mobile this morning that Wi-Fi is down in multiple areas. So that is never <laughs> I should get from them. That is never an email you should get. From. <laughs> no. <laughs> but where we left off, and I'll just, the key word I wrote down and what you, what you were saying was narratives. Mm -hmm. So the narratives that we apply to ourselves not be ours. Absolutely. And we move within those narratives. So I, I guess we can continue from there. Yeah. So I, I think the piece that I was trying to get at is sometimes we hold on these narratives around fear that isn't actually our our fear to hold. So I yeah. like to challenge folk to really get curious and to interrogate where that fear is coming coming from, whose yeah. fear it actually is, and then I work with them to establish, okay, where's the evidence to actually prove this fear? Right? Sometimes I'm working with clients and they're like, you know, if I leave this job, then everything's gonna fall apart. I won't be able to pay my rent and all of these like really large fears. And I'm like, that's a valid fear. I hear that. But yeah. you've left five jobs and every time you've left you actually got a higher salary so where's the yeah. evidence to prove that you won't be able to pay your rent so i think sometimes that's attached to like the way we talk to ourselves absolutely like ourselves, what's rep what's the repetitive thing that you're saying to yourself that you believe about yourself and i think self-talk is one of those things and because i believe it all starts with your thoughts mm-hmm make or break it starts with how i'm thinking about it so mm -hmm. when we go i feel like sometimes those narratives come from like what we've been telling ourselves based on how we felt about the situation or what we've hoped for in the situation mm -hmm. because even for me and myself in, in my past you know those moments where you try to shape something that you actually just need to step away from mm -hmm. some some things aren't meant to be shaped but you might tell yourself that this is what i want this is you know mm -hmm. I, so can you talk about self-talk a little more and also i know it's going to be weird to add these together self-talk and doing it scared anyways so <laughs> okay okay i think i can tackle that one so okay. the thing that i like to always explore when we're talking about self-talk with folk is that frequently the self-talk that we use is actually the the language or the narratives that we've heard from our parents as children right that self-talk is your inner child 
typically speaking to you around the, the feelings that are associated with what you heard as a young child, right? Yeah. So I like to get really curious with people's thoughts. Sometimes I'll do this with clients where I actually have them, whenever you have a thought about yourself, just jot it down. I'm not saying to explain it. I'm not saying to try to stop it. Just write it down. And right. that technique, that, that homework assignment is typically so illuminating for folks because I'll hear folks say, oh, my negative talk isn't that bad. Well, I, don't, I don't really say that back to myself. And I'm like, okay, let's see. And then they write it down. They're like, wow, I called myself dumb. I told myself I was lazy. I told myself I couldn't do this. I couldn't do that. And then we talk about it in the next session. And I'm like, where is all this from? Do you believe this? Is this actually how you feel? And where is it coming from? Go ahead. I, I'm in hands. <laughs> so I just had a question right there. And we can stay with the question. But like, where do you think that comes from? Like, where, where do you think that comes from? It depends on each client, right? But I would say a large part of it is most of my clients are Black folk. Most of them are Black professionals working in corporate America, in tech spaces. And a lot of it actually comes from their experiences of systemic oppression, right? So we're looking at the intersections of racism, sexism, homophobia, classism, a lot of that have, has been systems that have communicated to us, you're only valuable if you produce. You're only valuable if you look a certain way. You're, you're only valuable, yeah. Exactly. So I like to look at the way systems have informed the ways that we think about ourselves. Because we've been operating in these systems our whole lives. Yeah. If, it's, if maybe it's not showing up in the system for the person, then I look at the interpersonal levels, right? Mm -hmm. What have informed this negative self-thought? What, what people in your family or friends or community members have informed? Yeah. I'm only smiling because it's like, that's, that's the truth, right? The reinforcement of it all. Because sometimes I've gotten to points where I'm like, this is not true. Like, mm -hmm. I really don't have, like you said, I don't have the evidence. Mm -hmm. I have the evidence of, and I was, it's so funny. I was talking to my best friend earlier, right? And we had a conversation about forgiveness. Mm. And a sentence she said to me is, you don't have the evidence. You are going mm -hmm. off. You are going off the wrong report. Mm -hmm. And that hit me. Mm. What talking about. Because so when it comes to forgiveness, all, your, all the way you talk to yourself, it comes to that point of what is the evidence in this? And a lot of times, sometimes... You can't, what I've learned is, to be real with yourself, you can't twist it anyway. Be real. Just be real. Like, the evidence ain't there. So now there's a challenge. That's what I learned in that conversation. There is no, I have to challenge myself. Oh, wow. Okay. So let me be better. That's what it, it, it is now. And I, and I feel like sometimes we, I've been there. You get stuck in that reinforcement. And it's See, not I'm reinforcing it. Absolutely. And, you know, <laughs> one thing I always name about that stuckness, right? Sometimes we get stuck in, oh, I'm never going to forgive this person. Or get stuck in these, these various narratives. And a lot of that stuckness is actually because it feels familiar, right? Yeah. Trying right. something new, taking that risk, doing it scared. It's new. Your brain is now on an uncharted pathway that doesn't know if it will experience success or failure. 
So even if the, the route will always lead to failure, if it's a familiar route, your brain's like, oh, yeah, I know what's going to yeah, happen. I know this. I can, I'm going to do some negative self-talk. I'm going to fail. And then this feels, you know, familiar. So I'm going to keep doing it. So yeah. a lot of work is challenging yourself to believe, no, I have the tools and the skills to move through this new pathway, even though I don't know what's going to happen. Regardless of what does happen, I have the tools to navigate it on a daily basis. Number one, I just have to say, that was well said that was beautiful because it is true like i can navigate this i can the it's there's one thing that changed everything for me right mm. being able to navigate uncertainty mm -hmm. so i have i used to have a conversation on like you would say like familiarity mm -hmm. i would have my conversations on the familiarity level but I had to learn to start having my conversations on the uncertain level. Mm -hmm. Those levels allowed me to change and grow and challenge and also learn how to be grateful mm -hmm. <laughs> about it all. And, and I feel like those, those are the things that, and even spiritually, like in my spiritual life, you don't know what tomorrow is. No, like, no one's lived tomorrow unless there's, like, a time difference. So, like, we all live the same day. So, like, you have to have to understand that things are uncertain. But when it comes to you, your mental health, mm -hmm. how do you flow with that? And I'm still mm -hmm. trying to get better. I'm not like, oh, you know, that's what I do now. No, I'm not doing that. I'm saying mm -hmm. that is something that was developed, that, that was learned, that has guided me forward mm -hmm. and i also just to, just to shift gears real quick to something that i believe is super important is therapy what you do what you, what thing that you do it by the way and i just wanted to talk about get it like i the question i wrote was what are the markers you would tell somebody if they're seeing happening within their mind to see mm -hmm speaking to somebody or going to therapy. But I, I guess that's still the same question, but like, I just want to talk about what are your feelings on the importance of therapy? And I'm putting it as that because I believe that it's important. So mm -hmm. what, what are your thoughts on that? Mm -hmm. So to answer your first question, I'd actually argue that there aren't any markers to establish who needs to go to therapy and who doesn't. I'd actually argue I that everyone needs to go to therapy, especially <laughs> for living in this country. Exactly. you're collectively experiencing trauma on a daily basis. So if you are going to try to tell me that you don't need therapy in today's world, we're going to have to have a couple of conversations because I don't think you're present in today's world. And then that's a larger conversation as to what's keeping you from being present. So I would say that's the first piece. And the thing about therapy is that it provides you a space where you have a non-judgmental environment to really explore all of your direct experiences with trauma, right? Whether it's something that happened to you as a child, whether it's something that happened to you this morning as you woke up and you had this really negative thought and you don't know where it came from. Yeah. Or this is space to be able to process your thoughts on a daily basis. We are in a capitalistic society that doesn't allow us to really slow down. So therapy can be the space where you just slow down for 50 minutes to check in with your body, check in with your needs, check in with your, your desires and be able to explore them in a space and get direction on that. 
Yeah. And slow down, I wrote that down, right? And I had a moment. <clears throat> I'm just going to share real quick. Mm -hmm. I had a this last week. And I was on a train. And I was thinking about a bunch of things. And for some reason, my mind just thought about, like, you know, two years ago, around this time, I had to stay home. Like, I couldn't mm -hmm. go anywhere. I had to not like all everything that's happening right now and in those moments you know what you were saying to yourself because you and for me I realized how much important as I needed to slow down mm -hmm. I'm bringing it back to now we're in this fast pace as you say even in this I love that you say in the capitalistic system you have to keep going mm -hmm. you have to keep going even the rich they just keep going you have to keep going. So it's like, where do we get that space to slow down? Mm -hmm. And that's why I believe therapy is super important because you said the key word, non-judgmental space. And that's what I I hope and I pour into this space because it's, there's so much going on in this world. You, and at some point, even I'm, I, I always go back to, to God, to Jesus Christ. Like, even at some point, you don't need somebody to talk to, mm -hmm. to let the experience out. I've been in the, in the fort of, you know, not talking about it. And I've seen how it, how it can shape a life. Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of people, number one, one thing my best friend said I should bring up, and I, I definitely want to ask this question is, a lot of people, they don't have access to that. Mm. So, if you could provide, if you know different accesses right now, but oh, also, I also believe that's another thing that in this freaking, I don't like to, I won't curse nothing in your presence, but in this freaking capitalistic country. You be authentic in this space. I, I will say it in case my mom watched this too. But in, in this capitalistic country, like, there's no way, this has to be a space that's accessible. That's mm -hmm. also getting us. Mm -hmm. I, no one gets it but you it's mm -hmm. yours your experience is yours so how do you get it out If and the, a lot of people just keep it in so mm -hmm. can you talk about access to it and just different tools that you know that of, of how people can get access to therapy yeah so I, I can share a few things because you know creating accessible healing is one of my passions particularly for communities of color particularly for queer folk so i, I think when we're talking about accessible healing first it's important to talk about the various directories that are out there for those marginalized communities therapy for black girls is a really dope resource if you're looking for low-cost therapy open path psychotherapy is a collective where therapists actually sign up for the directory and we offer a therapy as low as $30 per session. Oh. So that's also an option. Loveland and in Qutin, which is the National Queer Trans Therapist Network of Color. I think that's the correct acronym. Both of those directories have mental health funds that you can actually apply for to get free therapy. If you are a black man, there's um, therapy for black men or black men heal in Philadelphia that provides six to nine free sessions for black men. So I, I hear you, there, there needs to be more spaces for accessible healing. And fortunately, there have been so many community members that have been creating these spaces. So I'm excited to be able to share them with, with everyone here because yeah. it's out 
right? There are so many barriers to folk with multiple marginalized identities to finding a therapist, let alone a therapist that looks like us. And that's so, the, the that looks that, like us. Exactly. Right. So that's why there's resources like therapy for black girls and melanin for mental health and cultural therapy and therapy. Yes. Den, all of these directories that are really harnessing and finding other clinicians of color, because the research has continuously shown that there are much more favorable outcomes when the person is working with a clinician that looks like them and experiences yes. life in other ways. Yes. And in my experience, I found that true as well, because I, you know, I thought uh, therapy is like dating, you know, you just have, you, you know. You do, it is. You have to figure out the best out. path. And also, oh, so this is like a twofold question, right? Because the loss is not significant here, but we are going, the question will be about loss. Um, the loss is not significant in my example, in the sense that it did hurt, but like, I'll, I'll figure it out. But I wanted to ask you about that, but also loss in general. So first of all, I've had different friends that have had great therapists mm -hmm. and like they just ghosted them to be mm -hmm. honest they've had them. i've had more than four people tell me that they've experienced that and i feel like that loss and building that that space and that community with somebody and some of them was more like they had to leave or anything but i believe like three mm -hmm. of them was like literally didn't hear from them again so wow. how somebody to process when they go through that experience to not stop and mm -hmm. Forward, and then we're going to go to the other side of my question really quickly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, the first thing that that comes to mind is some, a deep sadness that I hear whenever I hear about people not only having such harmful experiences with yeah. an, a, a therapist that is ghosting them or falling off of the face of the earth. I and, by the way, I'm one of the four, so ooh, that's what I'm, I'm so sorry to hear that. Because yeah. what that does is it, it further creates that, that experience of loss and grief and abandonment and creates more harm, right? And I guess one piece that I also like to share with folks is especially for clinicians working in private practice, a lot of clinicians haven't taken the time to really create that emergency backup plan for themselves, right? Yeah. So for myself, right, I have another clinician that knows like if anything was to ever happen to me, this is the person that's going to reach out to my clients and say, hey, Kenny's in the hospital. She can't respond back to you. Or this is where she is. So you're aware that it's not like, oh, I just didn't show up to session today. Yeah. And you have to what's going At least a form of communication that allows you. Uh, communication is the most important thing. I know she knows. I, I know she knows that. <laughs> like communication is the most important thing. So it's like communication helps. Mm -hmm. And I, when I, when I, I was the third person that experienced that, heard it twice, and then it happened to me. And then I was like, whoa. And like the, the agency just told me, yeah, she just, she, she left. And I'm like, what? And to be honest, they paired me with another therapist. And mm -hmm. no, it was, a, it was a straight no. Mm -hmm. Because for the last two months, we've been here every Monday. No one thing I will say, though, is in group practices or agencies, there may yeah. be a lot of things that are happening, right? Okay. So sometimes when you're working in a group practice or you're working in an agency, if you decide that you want to leave the agency or say you get fired or you get let go, yeah. sometimes depending on what your contract says, you may not actually be ethically or legally allowed to reach out to your clients. That's when it's okay. on 
practices to re reach out and say, hey, this is what happened. This is how we plan to move forward. But any ethical termination needs to have at least a couple sessions to be able to process. I'll be over one sentence. One sentence, hey, That's can't make it anymore. Hope all is well. I would be fine with that. Yeah. Um, it's really disheartening to continue to hear that that is happening. But I'm hoping, yeah. you know, as a supervisor myself, that I can continue to create supportive spaces for the clinicians that I am supervising that this doesn't happen. So we're not creating spaces where we're harming other folks. Yeah. And I think that's very, because I, I, seeing that, it didn't deter me, right? But mm -hmm. I had to give the encouragement as well to not, to not deter my friends, because mm -hmm. at the same time, it's like, you, I, then experiencing it before you, you can apply mm -hmm. it, but then when it mm -hmm. happens to you, it's even at a higher level, because it's like, wow. So mm -hmm. this is part of the question I wanted to ask um, in regards to loss is, I feel like in our mental, that's something we all deal with in our lives, right? And loss isn't only if you, like, just, like, losing a, lo a loved one. It could mm -hmm. be a relationship, something you've been in for, for 10 plus years, you know? It could lose a job, something you've committed yourself to for forever, a career, you know? Just loss in general and dealing with that. And one of the things I like to say is, like, not making that moment uh a, like a whole life, like a lifestyle, like spreading it out longer than you need to be there. So, mm -hmm. could you talk a little more about just the techniques, or and also just how you feel like we should, like, like just operate when it comes to things of loss. Mm -hmm. So, when I think of loss, I, I think it's important to really normalize the presence of loss. I Frequently what happens is people have this expectation that, well, I can grieve for a couple of days, maybe a couple of weeks, and I'm supposed to be over it at a certain time, right? It's supposed to get easier at some point. That is just statistically very untrue, right? What we know about grief and loss is that it doesn't actually get smaller. You just learn to navigate it on a daily basis. And if we create these expectations that one day I'll check a box and I'll no longer be grieving or I no longer experience this loss, you set yourself up for failure because you're setting yourself up for an unrealistic expectation. And we have to be able to give space for the various forms of loss, right? We're not just talking about losing someone because they're no longer physically present with us. Yeah. I'm also talking about ambiguous loss, right? Mm. The loss of partners, the loss of who you thought this person was going to be in your life, right? I, I talk a lot about this with <laughs> things, who we man. thought our parents would be, who we expected our caregivers to be. Sometimes we have to grieve that expectation. We have mm -hmm. to grieve we thought something was going to be and recognize that it's no longer that for us anymore. Yeah, I think that's super important because it's like, it's like letting go of that expectation, you know? At, 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 and I'm not in in a way putting more and I'm saying it more in a relationship standpoint because that hit me really hard like mm -hmm. just my experience have just knowing other experiences it's like sometimes I feel like what you got stuck what or even I is like what you get stuck in is like what you thought it was gonna be mm. Absolutely. my favorite word is pivoting life <laughs> about pivoting like mm -hmm. adulthood is about pivoting. 
like being mm -hmm. able very well and sometimes some pivots are easier than others you know but there are hard pivots hard pivots and there's and i think sometimes it comes with less like you have to experience it but sometimes that moving forward is the best thing for me i sometimes find it weird to say to people when i'm trying to encourage them in a loss that the fact of moving forward will will bring something more to them because mm -hmm. I, at the moment, there's, it's very hard to believe that. But I'm a big believer in just taking a first step, you know? Mm -hmm. I think when I, for me, what I learned from all, from losses in my life, or things I consider losses, is I didn't know how to take the first step after it. Mm -hmm. But if I did take the first step, I moved forward. Mm -hmm. So now, if I experience, now as my, anytime I do, I just understand, hey, What's the first step here? And mm -hmm. I think that's what's very important when we think about laws. And we think about like just how mental in general, because sometimes you can't take it all in. The big picture is very important, but your moment, the present that we're talking about is so, mm -hmm. so well. And just taking the first step. So just want to pivot real quick before I ask you the last question that I asked all my mm -hmm. guests. By the way, I want to thank you for your time, by the way, because Instagram wasn't trying to make us great. But um, <laughs> I wanted to talk about an abundance mindset. Mm. I just wanted to touch. Um, I don't really want to say more because, you know, I just, I just run sometimes. I just want you to go. And if you could just speak on the abundance mindset, what you feel it represents, why it's important, if you think it's important, mm -hmm. why it's important, and all, and just what it is as well. Yeah. So as someone who centers abundance very frequently, I was just staging my, my office this morning, and one of the intentions was around abundance and prosperity. So this nice. feels very aligned nice. on, on so many levels. But one thing I always like to remind folks is that when I'm referencing abundance, I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about so much more than just financial exchanges of, of dollars or, or, or that experience. Yeah, I'm talking about exactly an overflow of all of your needs and wants and desires. So what I'm envisioning is an abundance of relationships that are pouring into your needs. I'm envisioning an abundance of joy that helps you get out the bed every day. I'm envisioning an abundance of connectivity that allows you to feel a deeper sense of purpose, right? So for me, that abundance mindset allows you to create a livelihood that doesn't center scarcity, but centers the belief that I'm expected and I'm allowed to receive all of my wants and needs with ease because that's a fulfilling life. That's a fulfilling, and I love the word ease, right? And I, want, I always put peace with ease. Like it's mm -hmm. very that's one of the ways I, I always email people. I say, I hope this email meets yep. you with, with peace and ease. I have highly up my up my emailing game from okay. emailing you. Like I love the way you intro emails. It's like it's like wow. Okay, great. I love that. I'm even about to read this. Um, <laughs> but I like to put ease and peace together, right? Mm -hmm. I think. When I think of a, like in abundance, right? I think if I am able to create peace for myself, mm -hmm. peace for the people around me, 
or mm -hmm. other. That's abundance. Mm -hmm. That's 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 it. Mm -hmm. So, but I think sometimes what what comes in between that is that we do think it's monetary. Mm-hmm. And I come, I'm Nigerian, so I want you to understand them. I already knew it. The second you popped on, I said, this man's Nigerian. I can hear yeah. the accent already. Money is important. You have to make sure you're okay. <laughs> understand. But I do understand that the soul, the spirit, the mind, that abundance matched with the money is magic. Mm-hmm. It's magic. But the thing about it is that Life is like life, lives, you know. Mm -hmm. I, I'm one of those people that do believe like it's hard to stay like and just always telling somebody be grateful, be grateful. I understand why it's important mm -hmm. to be grateful, but I also understand why it could be annoying to somebody to continue to, to just hear that all the time. Mm -hmm. This, there is, I wrote higher power, and I just want to talk about and I want to talk about God real quick because. I think that your higher power is very important in being able to access even higher points of abundance. Mm -hmm. Like this day matters. This moment matters. What's going on in my mental from present matters. And it all comes back to why we said it does matter because it's your present moment matters and don't let nobody tell you it doesn't. Mm -hmm. <laughs> going back to deserve, you deserve. I am, I, Call me cheesy. You, everyone deserves. Once I touched peace, and I started to understand growing it, I understood everyone deserves this, and I got it. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. like, it's a very vast world, you know, but you can make peace. Mm -hmm. work. You have to be intentional for it. You can't just wait for it. There mm -hmm. is nothing in life you could wait for. Because mm -hmm. you are the magic. I like to tell people that. You are the magic. It's waiting for you, actually. Mm. So, one of the last questions that I ask all my guests is, if you were to advise somebody, right, that is now being aware, that is current, I want to say this very well, that is now being more aware of what's going on in their mental, and mm -hmm. they need something to, something to encourage them to motivate them to move forward each day mm -hmm. one day at a time mm -hmm. what would you advise them to keep at the forefront of their mind mm. so i love this question because i don't know if you're gonna love it because i'm not actually gonna answer it because i, I think that is actually work that i encourage the person to, to explore and get curious around right because who am i to say I i'm going to be able to give you something that now allows you to wake up every day and keep yourself moving, right? I don't have that power, you do. So a lot of my work is helping people being able to harness the power that is within themselves, yeah. right? So I really work with the person to assess, you know, what is your purpose, right? What do you want your legacy to be? And how can we anchor that, right? How can we anchor that memory, whether it be with a crystal or an affirmation or even a tattoo, right? How are we anchoring this as something that you are remembering on a continuous basis to keep you going? Because the power is within you, not within me. Woo! Sorry, if we were in a poetry session, that would have been one of <laughs> I felt that. And I, I, number one, now I'm thinking, like, I may mean, I have found my therapist. We thank God, you know. But that's <laughs> a, 
Um, Kenya, I thank you. Thank mm -hmm. you. Is there anything, before I even close, is there anything you just want to say, a message, anything that you just want to yeah. give that's on your mind about anything? Yeah, so I want to remind folks as we're wrapping up Mental Health Awareness Month that this is not just a journey for this month. I want to encourage you to be thinking about your mental health on a daily basis and figure out one tool or one skill you can use daily to center you and your wellness because you deserve it. I love it. You deserve it. We all deserve it. That's, 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 one, God, that's one thing God has told me and one thing I, I feel in this world. We all deserve it. And we can mm -hmm. always be better. So, Kenya, again, thank you so much for being here. Thank you to everybody that logged in. Thank you to everybody that's listening. I appreciate your energy. I appreciate you sharing the space with me. Mm -hmm. um, I think in every conversation, and I always kind of gauge it, and I don't say it, but I always have to say it because he's that good. It's better than what I thought. This mm -hmm. better than what I thought. So thank you again. And as I say before, I end every conversation. Until next time, everybody. Have a, <laughs> have a great rest of the week. Have a great start to the new month. Peace. Love y'all. All of that. <laughs> Thanks. Bye, y'all. Bye, guys.